Hi, Jude. Welcome, everybody, to Spear Addicts. Um, I've got to change my logo at the bottom because um, it's by Sideline Sports. I wasn't able to do so before it started because for some reason it keeps messing with me. I'm not real sure why. But anyways, long story short, um, it might actually let me do it now. Um, let me see. There we go. So if everybody's wondering uh, what that means exactly, that is Sideline Sports Network. Um, I partnered with them this past week. We, um, we've got some really, really huge news coming. Uh, we've got, I mean, it's, 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 it's actually really, really major. Um, it's going to change Florida State media. It's definitely changing it for me, but it's going to change Florida State media as a whole. Um, it's, uh, it's big enough that it's really got me thinking about what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. So, uh, I really appreciate everybody that has came on and supported Spiratic since it started. As everybody knows, it started off as FSU Real Talk. I started having people that wanted to get, um, merchandise and stuff to that nature. And because of the size of the group, how fast it got as, as big as it got as fast as it did, um, it was pay the licensing fee for LSU or FSU or uh, change your name. So I changed my name to something specific and completely different from everybody else because I thought that it would make most sense and be unique. So all I did was take Spear and Fanatics and put them together, and we had Spear Addicts. A lot of people, when they read it, they mess up the name right off the bat, but once they hear it and then they look back at it, they're like, oh, it makes perfect sense. So I've got a guest that's uh, backstage right now. Um, just started his own uh, Facebook group page. He was on another one, did really well, helped that group out tremendously, uh, made it grow, um, got a lot of former athletes on it. I'm not going to take all of what he's going to talk about himself. I want him to introduce himself and let y'all know who he is. But he's done a really good job in a short period of time, and – Sometimes pages get to the part where, you know, everybody's not rowing the same direction. Uh, so, you know, instead of being uh, in conflict or instead of being the opposite of what someone else might be doing direction wise, you just back out, do the right thing and you go create your own. Um, I've I've listened to him personally on a podcast. I won't speak the exact name. But once he comes on, if you haven't seen him before, he's going to introduce himself. Uh, make sure that y'all definitely actually tells you where and what his group page is called. Make sure you go give it a follow because um, he's going to put out great content. I know that for a fact. He's going to have great people on there to conversate with. Um, but with that, I'll just go ahead and bring him on and let him introduce himself. Chris. How's it going, Chip? Hey, man. I'm, I'm just making it. Me too. Me too. Um, went and worked out in this crazy, crazy weather today. Um, we got a lot of NIL stuff going on. Uh, as most everybody knows, uh, I'm the board director of player relations at Micanopia 1851. And we just partnered with Fantheon, which is a national brand um, NIL group. Uh, they are a fundraising uh, NIL group. So basically what it is is they have a they have a NIL platform in every state and city of the college football or college sports, I should say, not just football because they do everything. But so now there's a Tallahassee Fantheon. So what they do is they fundraise and then they turn around and they choose, which they chose to partner with us. Uh, they choose the platform that they're going to give what they raised to to dispense the money out to the athletes. So it was a really big deal. Um, we were really proud of this partnership, uh, really excited about what's coming because it's going to be really huge. Um, they're, they're also partnered with Sideline Sports Network. So if everybody wants to tie in how this worked for me and how it worked out, um, it wasn't a, require, a requirement for me. Like, yeah, you got to you know, partner Fantheon with us. So I mean, it's, no. Uh, Graham at Sideline Sports Network is an absolutely an amazing person. I I can't believe that we crossed paths the way that we did. 
Um, I've crossed paths with quite a few people in the most awkward way. So it's really, really weird. But I'm glad we did cross paths. I'm glad that we got to work this deal out um, because right now it's a win-win for everybody. The greatest part is I can say it's a win-win-win because the athletes are going to really win off of this. And that's what it's about. Uh, Chip, if you would like to let everybody know about your your new Facebook group page, um, let them know about where they can find you at at Twitter. And if you have Instagram, you can let them know. If not, I don't care for Instagram too much, but I've got one. Um, yeah, my name is Chip Westerly. Uh, I created, and it was just off a whim because I was going to, you know, just be done with it. But I had such positive response reaching out to a lot of the former Knowles and even current Knowles. Um, I created uh, No Blooded. You can find it on Facebook. Uh, as far as Twitter, I haven't went into Twitter yet. Um, but, you know, I like you with Spiratics, I'm wanting to do something positive that gives positive interaction between fans and current and former Seminoles. You know, try to bring the family atmosphere back to where, you know, the criticism is out the window, where we build something strong again between the fan base and the players. And, and hell, even the university itself. Because I think, and I, I don't think, I believe Florida State is on the right track. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Uh, Chip, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know that you play a little bit of college ball yourself. You don't have to share where or anything like that, but – um, let them know what position you played and stuff to that nature. Because when we start talking about the pregame to Louisville and Florida State a little bit, um, you're going you're gonna to hear from people that actually played the game. Um, you're going to hear a little bit of technical talk that most fans do understand. I'm not stating that you do not understand it. But if you have a question about what we're talking about, feel free to DM or to comment on here, and we will answer it to the best of our knowledge and the best of our ability. But, Chip, go ahead and let them know, like, what, what you did and and stuff to that nature. Okay. Um, I was a four-year letterman at quarterback at Northwestern Oklahoma State University. It was a – at that time was a small NAIA, NAIA school in Alva, Oklahoma. I was a member of the 1999 NAIA National Championship team as well as the 2000 NAIA runner-up. Uh, was also a member of three uh, CSFL conference championship teams, as well as uh, the 1998 and 1999 Wheat Bowl championship team. Uh, I enjoyed my time there. Um, I still have great relationships with the coach there. Who the head coach there is now my roommate. Oh, we were roommates, and now he is the head coach. Um, my head coach when I was there is now the head coach at Ohio University, uh, Tim Alvin. And, um, you know, I enjoyed my, my time there. I enjoyed just the game of football itself. And, you know, I grew up around FSU football. My sisters graduated from Florida State. I have family that's boosters there. I, you know, I can remember going to games when I was little, watching Chip Ferguson and Peter Tom Willis. So, how old were you when you basically would say you started rooting for Florida State? I was roughly probably about nine or ten years old. That's awesome. So, um, for some of the fans that will be saying this on your group, because uh, they may not know who I am, um, there is a huge rumor joke that goes around and the only reason that we talk about this is because Coach Mike Martin is the one that made the joke. So I've used it ever since. He said, because my dad used to, he thought it was hilarious to show people, what is that, a sonogram picture? Is that what it's called? When you're in your mother's womb? So in, in my mother's womb, it literally looks like that I'm doing this the entire <laughs> time. Um, which, you know, I was at, I, I was, Born 1989. So, obviously, great things were going on. It's um, starting to go on at Florida State at that time. Um, 
And then I really got to, you know, I really got to live through the best part, in my opinion, of Florida State's dynasty with Chris Winkie and Peter Warwick and stuff to that nature. And I got to go to different camps. I, I got to do a lot of different things that a lot of kids or a lot of fans didn't get to do as far as football or any sport goes. Uh, but I told Chip, uh, you know, earlier about how I met Drew Brees. I told him how I met Brett Favre. I told, It was just I was always at the right spot at the right time. It was never like a planned ordeal or like my family had a big like you know, family, family, friends, nothing to that nature. It was just, I always ended up at the right spot at the right time. Same thing happened with me at Florida State. Um, it, you know, as I obviously was recruited there uh, playing baseball, which was absolutely amazing. That's the only, is the only offer that I cared about. It was the only one that I wanted. And the coolest part was it was the, I think it was the sixth one that I received. And, I got scared after the first one that came in the mail. It wasn't Florida State. I was like, oh, they're not going to want me. So I was just terrified. I was like, I'm not going to go to the school that I want to go to. I'm going to end up having to go to one of these one of these other schools. It didn't matter who they were. I just was, like, completely devastated because it wasn't the first one I got. But I received this. It was the sixth one that I received, and uh, everything was going great. And, unfortunately, I didn't I didn't live up to the expectation of what I was supposed to do. I went and did some things that I wasn't supposed to as far as trying out for a, a pro team after I was told not to. Uh, they, they gave me 100 pitches to throw. On my 100th pitch, I tore my rotator cuff completely laterally. Um, so Ooh. I lost my scholarship offer. Um, it was a devastating moment for a 17 – I was about to turn 17 years old. So for a 17-year-old kid that had no backup plan, hell, you were lucky at that time I had a plan at all. But – to see, we just did a um, we just did an interview with Io, um, which is a freshman at Florida State. He's having to set this year due to eligibility things with when he came in stuff to that nature. But to listen to him, if y'all go listen to the interview, which is a really good interview, he did great. Um, he, if if I had that at seventeen years old, if my mindset was where his is, I couldn't imagine where I would be today. I'm glad and proud of where I am today, but I think he could be where I am today and within a year or two just because of his mindset. And I've started noticing that about a lot of Norvell's players. Like, he doesn't get just the athlete. He's getting some really solid character-type guys. It's amazing to talk to them and listen to what their mindset is or even what they're what they're uh, majoring in in school. It's really cool to hear. Um, but – Obviously, you you ended up going to an NAIA school. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you wanted to go to Florida State. That was that was obvious. So, did you ever get to have a conversation with with Coach Bowden or? Oh, that now that you bring that up, I attended Coach Bowden's quarterback camps that he used to hold at Auburn, Alabama, at the University of uh, Auburn when Terry was the coach there. My junior and senior year, and I remember Coach Bowden my my going into my senior year sat down with me in the auditorium there where uh, the Auburn players would watch game film and where the coaches would go over the game plans. And, you know, him and I talked for about 45 minutes. And Coach Bowden told me, he goes, Chip, you have the ability to play at the next level. He goes, it might not be Florida State. He goes, but if you get a scholarship offer, you need to consider it and you need to take it because I don't want to see talent wasted. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my senior year, I was in the middle of a, we had a brand new coach. He wanted to go with, uh, the younger players. So, I mean, there was, there was three of us that were taking snaps at quarterback, me being the oldest, because I was a senior, then you had a junior, then you had a sophomore, but, um, I took that to heart and, you know, out of 20 seniors at Mosley, I was the only one to receive a scholarship, and I only started, I think, four games that year. And, you know, that and, you know, I have to, you know, figure in I also had a position change, too, and towards the beginning of the year because I didn't want to sit the bench as a senior. But it happens, you know, the last four, three or four games, I got to start and I was able to land a scholarship. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's it's such a great feeling when – you know, you go through the process of getting recruited 
and you do find out someone wants you just as bad as they need you, that's the best feeling that you can have. Um, I'm sure living back on that, that was probably one of the highlights of, of any athlete's life is just making it to college, let alone if you get into the league. But just getting to college is such a, a huge achievement. Getting offered that scholarship because most people where we come from can't afford to go to any type of college like that, if, if any college. So, you know, getting your parents proud of your grandparents or even family members and friends at all. And then you're going to, you know, you get a scholarship to do what you love to do. Just like this, we get to talk about football. Like, I don't know if it's second best to play in the game because sometimes I feel like this is even better because I don't have to worry about waking up sore as hell the next morning. Um, so I actually think this might be the number one gig because most most NFL players and college players, when they get done, you know, they hang up their cleats, they usually come to talking about the game. Mm -hmm. And most of them enjoy talking about the game more than they did playing it, uh, just because it seems to be really political when you get to the NFL. So, well, I guess we'll get to the, the conversation that everybody actually comes on here to listen to, and that's uh, the pregame to Florida State versus Louisville. Um, what we're going to cover, everybody, is we're going to go a little bit over uh, the key reasons why we think Florida State can and will win this game, and we'll go over the reasons why they could, you know, not win. They, they could completely end up on fire and <laughs> just not do well. So, you know, first starting off, um, a little bit of injury report. Um, Louisville isn't going to have their transfer starting defensive lineman, which is a huge uh, loss on their side. Uh, they're, they're already not doing so great at defensive line with uh, run-stop defense. They, they're they like 116th in the nation. Um, that's not good. Uh, we've got what you consider the, the uh, three-headed monster in the backfield. Um, so we're probably going to run the ball a lot. And, and I'm fine with that. I, I would love to watch Benson and Treshawn Ward and Toa Philly just completely run all night long and go up and down the field. No problem to me. Um, I think if they start stacking in the box that you'll start seeing some uh, Wilson catches. You'll start seeing some Ontario Wilson catches. Um, but I really do think we're going to be a run-heavy offense against Louisville. Um, I also like that because it's time management and I also like it because – it's protecting the ball on the majority side. You protect the ball a lot more when you don't put it in the air. Uh, Chris, but Jordan, Chris, now that you say that, I can tell you from experience because there is nothing more humiliating to opposing team than running the ball down their throat and they cannot do anything to stop you. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're. It's like all right. Is we're gonna do this. Right. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, it's crazy to talk about this because is it is it Tony Tokars? Is it Mike Norvell? Is it the experience because of time? Is it all three, you know, included together? Why Jordan Travis looks like the Jordan Travis, I believe most people, Florida State fans, thought he could be. He's really coming into what we all thought he would be. Do you think Tony Tokar is a big reason for that? Or do you think just all of the stuff meshing together and him getting a better line, for instance, is why? I think it's it's a combination of all the above. Uh, like the conversation you and I had earlier, I remember Jordan's very first uh, spring game uh, in 2019. Any Seminole that was there, he was the better quarterback on the field that day. He made, you know, Blackman – you know, good kid, but Blackman was too is too uh, too worried about showing up how strong his arm was, and Jordan Travis was twenty of twenty six, and out of his six incompletions, two of them were dropped, and the other four passes he threw away. I mean, it was not. I mean, it was obvious. I remember having uh when I wrote that in as a comment. I had Charlie Ward liked it, and Charlie and I had a, a little a conversation about it. And, you know, it seemed like that year, 2019, under uh, Taggart, he lost his confidence, like almost like he didn't know if he was even a decent quarterback. And I think we're seeing Norvell has built this kid's confidence back to what it should have been. And now, you know, like you and I talked about uh, earlier, 
the North Carolina game, it was like a light switch went off with Jordan Travis, and that is the Jordan Travis. You know, that confidence is carried over into this season. And just like the picture I told you that I had of him where he's on one knee pregame before the LSU game, he had that eye of the Tiger. Like, he he ended up being the Tiger King right then. And, yep. and Norvell has had time to build depth on the offensive line. That's something that they haven't had. I think the last time they did, they actually had huge uh, – Offensive lineman recruiting classes was back when uh, I think with Jared Moon and uh, I'm trying to remember a few others, uh, Jason Whitaker. But I mean, we have more depth this year than we have ever had since probably the 2013 team. Yep. Yeah, absolutely agree. Oh, Jordan, by the way, um, the message that I got, uh, Jordan. If you're still on, which it looks like you are, but uh, I told Chip that I would get that eight by ten picture that he got printed out, signed by you, um, probably at the Boston College game. I know y'all are in Louisville. Um, I know y'all are getting ready for that game. Are you going to Louisville? Getting ready to go? One of the two. But anyways, I've got. Uh, I promised uh, Chip that I'd get that uh, eight by ten signed for him, and a little bit of meet and greet session. So. I'm forewarning you now that if you see us at the Boston College team, which you will, uh, that I need to get that signed as fast as possible because I made a promise. So don't <laughs> don't make me fall short on my promise, JT, because um, I can't take nothing away from you, but help me out. Do, do what I say I can do. It would be great. I know you will, and I'm just messing with you because i seen you on here making a comment. So I appreciate it. I appreciate all the former players. Um, greedy, Vance. Uh, and I appreciate you coming and checking us out. Uh, you always come on, though, man. I, you know, it's it's great to have the support of the current athletes. Um, hey, I'd like to give Greedy Vance, Josh Burrell, C.J. Campbell, and all them a huge thank you because when they were here during the summer in Panama City, they took time and signed, you know, a helmet and a football for my son. And they have they have helped me turn my son into one of the biggest Seminole fans, and I want to thank you guys. Continue kicking ass like y'all have been so far this year, and don't take your foot off the throat, fellas. Absolutely, and guys, y'all y'all have done a really great job with like all the events and stuff that we've put together. Um, just the favors in general. I mean, I did an NIL deal with. Uh, Robert Scott, and this was not a requirement. This was not asked. I didn't ask for this. I didn't say, I want this for getting you this NIL deal. He brought me this as a thank you, and it's probably one of my most prized possessions that I've ever had just because of the reason that he did it, that I didn't have to ask for it or I didn't stand in line for everybody to do it. So it was a, a really, you know, really huge deal that, that he just brought it to me as a, a thank you. So I really appreciate all the guys. So it first turned out that all of the offensive linemen, that, that was, those were my guys. That's where I hung out with them at, at their dorm rooms, stuff to that nature. And then, you know, we had D-Mac come around. D-Mac's my buddy. Like that's – I don't even know how to explain it. There, there's a relationship there that will go on forever. Um, it's it's really fortunate for me that I get to do the things that I do for Florida State athletes, but I'm going to get off of what what I get to do. I'm going to get on to the Louisville and Florida State game a little bit more and try not to get sidetracked. Y'all know how it goes. My podcast is a conversational based. I don't segment stuff, so forgive me if if I'm talking on something else that I shouldn't be. But um, I see Florida State winning against Louisville. Um, if Florida State goes and plays Seminole football, I predict the score is going to be 31 to 24, 31 to 21, somewhere in that nature. But my official score is going to be 31 to 24. I think that we're going to win by a touchdown. Um, if not, it's going to be 10 points. But and here's the reason why I think that we're going to we're going to control the time of possession with running the ball down their throat. I think that they don't have the defensive answer to stop all of the, the run ability that we have. 
And if they start stopping the run ability, the scheme of that RPO that Jordan Travis can pull from and toss it over the top, you know, if they got eight men in the box. Well, if you got eight men in the box, somebody's open. And JP's doing some crazy things like that. That throw that he had to Johnny Wilson where he did that jump pass that was like 15 yards down the field at LSU, you don't don't coach that. That's just raw talent. Um, So – do you have a score prediction for this game? Yes, I actually do. Um, and it's, you know, the conversation you and I had, like I said earlier, I'm 34-14. And uh, it, mine is based off the offensive line taking control of the line of scrimmage and just pushing, pushing the ball down Louisville's throat and JT doing what JT does best. You know, this, you know, the the LSU game was his coming out party to the nation. You know, we, they all saw what we already knew. And um, this is, this is a game that our defense, those big dogs can eat if they get after, if they get after Malik Cunningham. And I'm, I'm expecting verse and uh, DMAC Briggs, all them, I'm expecting them to eat. And I'm expecting uh, Denton, I'm, I'm expecting some picks, fellas. Because they're going to get desperate. Yeah. So what I told what I told all the guys, and I I said it on a uh, another podcast that I did earlier this week. I told everybody I said you're gonna you as long as you force Malik Cunningham to pass the ball, you're gonna win that game. Mm-hmm. If you can spy on him with Kalen Deloach, spy on him with uh, Bethune, and don't let him get out of containment. That game's ours. That's the guy you have to stop. They don't have the dynamic receivers that they had last year. The best receiver they had transferred to Alabama. Yep. He's not there anymore. The The running back's decent. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But the offensive line has been atrocious for uh, for Louisville. They, they haven't done a great job on run defense or pass protection. That's why you see Malik Cunningham taking off so often. It's because mm-hmm. they're not doing a great job. The wide receivers aren't getting any separation. If you, if everybody wants to know what I think about Louisville's offense this year, it's very similar to the first year Coach Norvell was here. And no matter if JT was in there or if Mackenzie Milton was here, um, or maybe I should have said last year, excuse me, but last year's off, we our our wide receivers couldn't get separation ninety percent of the time. They they were just locked up. So then you got JT running for his life. So. Malik Cunningham's offense this year is very similar to what JT went through last year. And I think that we're just the better team all the way around. I think that we have a better defense than they do. I think we have a better offense and offensive scheme than they do. I think as of right now, we're being coached better than they are. Um, Louisville is just a team. The only reason I make the game close is because before before, uh, the Norvell era, before the Willie Taggart era, before the Jimbo Fisher, we we've never played Louisville just hands down killing them. Besides the 2013 national championship team, I think we took care of business. But we've always struggled, just like NC State. There's certain teams that just play us tough, and mm-hmm. we have issues with. And usually, the talent shows up at the end, and that's why we win the game. And I foresee that's what it's going to be in this game. I think that the talent shows up. We have just a little bit more talent than they do, and that's why we win the game. But how we lose this game is by not containing Malik Cunningham. If we do not contain Malik Cunningham and we let him run all over us, this game can get really ugly really fast because then we're going to be pressured to score points in a fast manner, and that's not what our offense is set up to do. We're we're set up to burn time off the clock, we're set up to score, you know, four or five-minute drives, six-minute drives, depending on where we start. But we're not meant to score in 30 seconds. That's that's not our wheelhouse. Um, even unless we got a flea flicker that we want to throw out there like we did LSU because that was beautiful. Even though it's crazy. One of the worst passes he had of the night against LSU was the flea flicker, and that's the one that we scored on. The yep. one that he threw to, to Johnny that he missed in the end zone, the one he threw up to Micah, that he missed in the end zone, 
you couldn't have thrown a better pass. They just didn't make – they didn't execute the catch. So, who do you think, other than J-Trav and the running backs, wide receiver-wise, who do you think has to step up and have a, a huge game for Florida State to win this one? You know, last week, um, I, I, would, I wouldn't have said uh, Pookie. You know, I would never uh, – Pookie, uh, Pokey. I would never – I would have never said Pokey. But, you know, Pokey's been been there. You know, he's a senior. That kid balled his ass off. I'm waiting for Johnny Wilson to have that coming out just this is who I am game. The kid's got the size. He's got the body frame. Just waiting for it all to come together. This could be the game. But then again, I mean, you look at Micah Pittman. We're waiting for him to have his coming out party for us. Um, that's the amazing thing about this year is we haven't had this kind of depth in the receiving core in a while, and we still haven't even seen Keyshawn Hilton yet. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think if I was to have to pick, and we 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 talked about this on a Twitter space that we did, and Taylor and I both had the same exact thought process, which we've been doing a show together for about a year. Um, so it, it kind of made sense that we thought the same person, but it was Micah. We, and we really think that Micah Pittman's going to have, this is his game. This is where he's going to show out. Mm-hmm. We think he's going to have a really big game. Um, you know, he really sacrificed himself in that flea flicker to 315 pound defensive lineman that he threw himself into. So J Trav had enough time to get that ball off. Um, Micah does a lot of dirty work. Micah ain't scared to do the dirty work. And that's why I'm so ready to see him, you know, rewarded for what that all that work that he does. I'd love to see him get rewarded for it. And I think against against Louisville, he's going to be able to because I think they're going to have to stack the box. And usually, when they stack the box, your slot guys, the guys that you go to, yeah. that are you, know, tight you, talk, you talk about Micah, his work ethic has has transferred over to the other guys now. Like they see that he's not scared to go in there and use his body, to, you know, the blunt to spring, to spring the running backs or to spring another receiver. And you know, work ethic like that is uh, it's contagious, and you see the other guys buying in. Absolutely. Um, for anybody that doesn't know this, Micah is about five ten. He is not the biggest, he is not the tallest wide receiver for Florida State, but he is the strongest wide receiver for Florida State. It's a fact. The kid is a a gym rat. He is very strong. Um, It's kind of wild because, man, even if we gave him a – like we're doing a deuce span. You've seen that that, – I'm trying to think of what play it was on. Was it the reverse? Yeah, it was on the reverse. That's right. So I want to see Micah in a reverse because, man, he's built like a running back, and that kid yes, is – he can run people over. He really you know, can. You know who he reminds me of body-wise? He's, he doesn't have the height, but body-wise he reminds me of Ricky Waters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like that comparison. I do. And I like that comparison a lot. I bet you he's a lot shiftier than Ricky Waters. You wouldn't think oh, yeah. like a Pittman – that he is a wide receiver. You would think that is a, you know, tailback number one. Yep, absolutely. He has got, you know, he didn't miss the catch that I was talking about against LSU, but the kid's got really good hands. It was just a really awkward catch to make. Um, Yeah, he should have made the catch. He even will tell you himself that he should have made the catch, but um, Micah nine out of ten times makes that play. So everybody knows Micah is – He's a hell of an athlete, and I, I promise you, you're going to see it. It's going to start coming out, um, and, and I predict that it comes out against Louisville. Uh, the only thing that I worry about a little bit is um, I have a huge feeling that that Fabo might not be good to go. Um, I, I don't think that he's all the way healed up, um, but we do have depth at that position. Our defensive tackle position, we you know, <laughs> we're actually all right. Um, I think Jackson will do really well. Um, there's a couple more that I think will do well, but we've definitely got it. And, you know, the the defensive ends are going to take up a lot of slack uh, where you got Derek McClendon and Jared Verse. 
I think they're going to wreak havoc on that offensive line. I don't think – I think this is the best defensive line that Louisville's going to face all year. Mm-hmm. I don't think they faced anybody better than us, and I don't think they will. Um, even if we don't have Fabo to go uh, in that game, I still think this is the best defensive line that Louisville's going to have to play against. And I was I was talking to somebody about how when we say containment, it's almost like going after – I'm not comparing Malik Cunningham to Lamar Jackson. I'm comparing the way you break a pocket down. You don't want to break the pocket down from the outside in. You want it to do this. You want to break from the inside out. You want to force him to the edge where you have Jared Verse setting the edge and Derek McClendon setting the edge. That's what you want. So your defensive tackle definitely has to make that push so he can't step up into the pocket. He has to roll out. When he rolls out, there's either a Jared Verse or a Derek McClendon waiting on him. And if you've got him spied with Kalen Deloach or with uh, Tatum Bethune, this it's Florida State could control this game to the point that they could shut Louisville out. I believe that they, honest to God, could. It's just most of the time, somewhere along the line, someone makes a mistake. It happens. Someone's out of spot. They they don't they don't do their assignment and things happen. Um, and because we're we still have some young DVs, even though they're very talented, I still feel like there might be a situation where someone gets open um, and, and they do get to score on us. But I really think, depending on how Florida State comes and plays this game, depends on how bad we end up putting it on them. Because mm-hmm. I think our defense – I seen Miss Carroll say that she, was, she wasn't worried about our offense at all, that she was – it comes down to the defense. I'm the opposite. I think we have a top 25 defense in the nation – and it's about if the offense, you know, minimizes mistakes. Don't want to see a lot of false starts or stuff to that nature on the offensive side of the ball. But you have to, like, I don't know if you pay attention to this as much as I do, but I think we, against LSU we had a total of seven penalties altogether. And then the game against Duquesne, I think we had five. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, for, I mean we used to be the most penalized team in college football. Yeah, and a lot of some of the stupidest penalties you can think of. Absolutely. So, did, so did, how do you feel – who is the dark horse team that we may play this year? Because you have a feeling that we're going to beat Louisville pretty handsomely, and I, and I love that score prediction, and I honestly really hope that's the way it goes because mm-hmm. uh, I would enjoy that more even than mine. Um, but who do you think it is that Florida State's got to watch out for um, other than the Clemson or maybe the Florida or Miami game? I'm not really worried about Miami or Florida, but other than Clemson and those other two, do you think there's someone on this that we really got to pay attention to and not take lightly? Well, honestly, uh, our October stretch is what – that's what worries me. And, and then there's two teams, um, Wake Forest and NC State. I'm not saying Clemson because I still think Clemson's a four-loss team this year. I do too. I do too. Are you more worried about NC State or Wake Forest? NC State's wide receivers are some of the best in the nation. And uh it's um you know, um, you know, as as a as a college football fan, I'm glad to see that Wake Forest quarterback was able to come back, whatever, you know, health situation he was dealing with. I'm glad he was back. I'm glad he's back playing. Kind of wish it would be after he plays us. But yeah. uh, those two teams, you know, last year, Wake was the team that, you know, that was really the only game we were out of last year. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh-huh. I, Wake and Wake and uh, NC State, those are the two teams that kind of grabbed my attention that we do not need to take them lightly. They have to be on their A game. Absolutely. Um, are you going to be – at the Boston College game? Absolutely, I'm going to be there. All right. Well, we have a, tel- a huge tailgate that's going on uh, before the game. We'll have some uh, uh, current athletes for the softball team, the track and field guys. I don't know if you keep up with track and field at all, but Florida State this year may have five out of the eight lanes in the 100 and 300. Five athletes might win national titles, and they're all Florida State athletes. We have one of the greatest track and field set of 
young men that any school's had in a very long time. Um, they will be there at the tailgate. We'll also have uh, Michaela Edenfield and Mac Leonard as well at the tailgate. We'll have a couple of former Knowles at the tailgate. James Coleman will be there. Um, I think Jacoby McDaniel is coming. I also think um, if 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 Marvin Jones gets to come, I'll definitely get him over there. I don't know if he's going to be able to make it to the game. He hasn't clarified with me if he was or wasn't. But if he comes, he'll definitely be over there. Um, I was telling you uh, earlier that any autographs or any any t- players that you wanted to meet or whatever to that, you know, whatever it looked like, just let me know and I will do my best to make it happen. And usually it happens. Um, so definitely show up for the tailgate. Uh, you can come as a personal guest of mine. So I, I don't know how much the tickets are selling for, but everybody, once it gets, it's put up, I think James has got it up now. So go and purchase your tickets. It's, we have a great tailgate. Every tailgate we have is great. So make sure that you come. Um, and meet some former Knowles, meet current Knowles, uh, have a good time. There's food, drinks. Um, if you're bringing your kids, just know that it's a grown-up tailgate. We're not – you're going to see drinking, stuff to that nature. There's not nothing crazy going to happen. We know how to act adult. But I'm saying if you don't want your kids around certain things, maybe not bring kids to tailgates. So we, we had an issue <laughs> – Last year where they didn't want alcohol to tailgate. No alcohol whatsoever. Well, I don't I've never been to a tailgate that doesn't have have a tailgate at Doak without alcohol. <laughs> no. So I hated that it you know that it upset somebody, but um ended up working out, everything ended up being fine. But I just want I forewarn people now that there will be alcohol at the tailgate. That nothing bad's gonna happen or crazy that not a not that we control, but there will be alcohol at the tailgate. I'm sorry. It's there's alcohol at the games. Come on. Like it's a tailgate, but everybody make sure that you go to that. And before I forget this, uh, podcast is brought to you by bet us. Um, if you go to my page, you'll be able to go and click on the link right now. If you sign up off my link, you get 125% bonus. Therefore, if you put in 100 bucks, you get $225 to, to bet on Florida State beating uh, Louisville or bet on anything you want to. There's plenty of games out there, and there's also a bunch of casino games on there. I don't play casino games. I bet on football. It's the way I get away from everything. I love betting on football. So I'm not telling you or, or trying to influence you to go blow your life savings on betting on college football. But if you're responsible and you gamble responsibly – Please click on my link and your first deposit gets 125% bonus up to $2,500. If I know somebody in here that's putting $2,500 in, before you put the $2,500 in, please call me because I've got 77 athletes that we could do a lot with $2,500, at least a portion of it. So please don't put it all in my link. Um, But with that said, uh, we'll, we'll move on a little bit to what chip's trying to do with his facebook page you know he he told you that he wants it to be a family atmosphere he wants it to be a place where former athletes and fans get to coexist without there being irritation and you know negativity because that's come on like none of the current or former athletes want to hear you dog the university or the the current athletes nobody nobody wants to hear that if you've noticed in spirit addicts Negativity doesn't happen. And if it does, it gets dealt with immediately. And that's the type of atmosphere that Chip is about to build at No Blooded. That's what he's doing. We are going to control the the narrative on what these groups are supposed to look like and why it makes no sense for Florida State fans to talk about their team in such a way that makes it derogatory or to be a negative Output to these young people is absolutely insane. Um, can you speak on the team and criticize? Absolutely. But when you start calling them ignorant or stupid or stuff to that nature, that's going too far. They're they're young men, and you know, 
you're talking about 17, 18, 19, 20 year old kids. Yeah. They're not, they're not rocket scientists, but I can tell you that if you sit down beside them, 90% of them are a hell of a lot smarter than 90% of some of our fan base. I will tell you that. So just show respect. There's no reason to disrespect them. And I guarantee you, if someone like Robert Scott or Justin or Jared Verse was standing there, I guarantee you wouldn't say it to their face. So if you wouldn't say it to their face, don't say it on the group. Um, Chip, let's talk a little bit about what you're going to do. I know you're not going to start your own podcast right away. You tell me you wanted to focus on building the group and stuff to that nature. So I'm going to have you on as a guest as much as you can, as much as we can. Hey, anytime anytime you want me on, it would be my honor. Dude, this is is the reason why uh, I got into this when I did uh, four months ago. This is fun. You know, ex-athletes talking about football and – is this this is what it's all about. You know what my favorite part has been since you've been on here is that you haven't brought up one negative remark about the situation that you left from. You haven't tried to down nobody or talk bad on anybody's accord because of whatever happened. You know, what, whatever that looks like. You, you didn't go that route. You don't care to go that route. All you want to do is build the positive group that you were already starting to do elsewhere. And I, I will ask this, does it bother you in any way to have to like feel, do you feel like you're having to start all the way over and yet you work and did all of that? Like, is it going to be hard to reconnect with all the people you connected with to get them over there? Um, does it bother me? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, it is a little bit, you know, you kind of feel like you got stabbed in the back a little bit, but you know, life's too short to sit there and, and dwell on that. You know, right. you know, bigger things happen, you know, people deal with, you know, I lost my dad last year. Now, trust me, this is nothing. Um, right. I uh, no. as far as, you know, reaching back out, you know, I, I, I'm the one that reached out to these athletes. You know, they're no different than I am. We're all, you know, we all, we both play college ball. Yes. They played at a, you know, a bigger level, but, you know, a lot of them just, you know, they, I think a lot of them enjoy people, you know, recognizing, recognizing what they did and, you know, just the conversations they like, you know, they enjoy It's a way for them to kind of relive it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, like during the pregame, uh, when I was talking to Jeff Colhane and uh, bar none, I got, you know, I got to meet Snoop Menace, Snoop, Snoop and I are the same age. You know, I, you know, and he had just had back surgery, and you know, we were talking about that. And you know, man, I, I patted him on the back and said, "Snoop, man," I said, "Next time I see you, I want to see you know both of us to take off running." And you know, you want these guys, you know, they they want to feel appreciated because a lot of them gave their heart and soul to the university. A lot of them gave their heart and soul to the game of football. And what we were talking about, as far as the negativity. Um, what 17 year old kid that's a five star athlete wants to go to a program where the fans are constantly just trashing the players and trashing the coaches and trashing the program? No kid does. No, they don't. And you make you bring up a lot of good points, and that's the best part. So that's why you know it lets me know. I obviously knew before I had you come on because I and I told you about this that I really like to get to know to know the people that I'm going to bring on to the show. Because I had gotten burnt in the past. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not I'm not a judgmental person. I respect everybody until they give me a reason not to. I trust everyone until they give me a reason not to trust them. But because of certain things that happened in the past, I was like, I got to really start being careful. Because people were really trying to take advantage of what I was trying to do. And they thought that it was a money grab or they thought it was – that I'm trying to become famous off of, man, look, I have said this since day one. I started this because I knew negativity was coming when we lost Jimbo Mm -hmm. Fisher. I knew it was coming. No matter who we would have hired as a coach, where this this program was at the time was going to be a hell of a climb back to getting where we needed to be. I knew it. didn't matter who the coach was. And then Willie Taggart's thing happened. Do I personally think – 
Coach Tarrant got all the time that he needed? No. Do I think that he was the guy? No. But I also don't think that he was given the fair amount of time. What I got to see tells me he wasn't the guy. But what would have I seen if he got to be here six more, seven more weeks? Or, you know, at that time, I don't know. I can only go off of what I've seen. And what I've seen wasn't good enough. So I knew there was negativity. And once we got rid of Coach Taggart, they knew we couldn't go. They're like, we can't go to another group five guy. Or we can't go to, you know, we have to get a big name coach, big name coach. And when I knew they were going to hire Norvell, I was like, I know what Norvell's about. I know what type of coach he is. I know what type of person he is. I hope this fan base chills out and gives him a fair shot. Yeah. Because I know he's not going to come here like anyone else and fix this overnight. This is going to take three, four years to get back on track. And, you know, and, Chris, that you mentioned that, you know, I don't count the COVID year. That was that was a throwaway year for every college program. So I don't count the, the, the 2020 seasons against Norvell. To me, this is his second year. I always said by year three with Norvell's when we were when we would see the turnaround. Well, just this so happens this is year three. You know, I'm a year ahead of schedule, you know, than what I thought. Yeah, it's yeah, I'll count the I'll count the COVID year as far as I count it for everybody else. I don't hold any I don't hold Virginia Tech accountable for what happened in COVID year. They're not doing so great. I don't hold you know, everybody's talking about NC State was so good last year, blah, 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 blah. Well, NC State isn't as good as they were last year. Wake Forest isn't as good as they were last year. Miami is Miami. You know, they're back every year. But yeah. for some reason, they never get back. Um, I call it the University of Never Coming Back. Yeah, that's the but, empty trophy case in the last decade. I know. I know. So, VJ, I'm going to give a shout-out to VJ and Brandon Farmer as well. Um Brandon has done a lot for Spiratics than he's done a lot for Micanopy. VJ has done a lot for Spiratics and he's done a lot for Micanopy. So those two guys would probably go to war with me, even if I told them I was going against, I don't know, Satan himself. People are scared of Satan. I don't know. I'm not. But they would go to battle with me no matter where I go. So I give them huge Huge kudos for everything that they do, everything that they have they have done with and for uh, the endeavors that I have. I appreciate it. Um, VJ and Brandon probably already follow your page, but if they're not, I guarantee you they're going to go over there and they'll be in the group. Um, and anybody that's on here watching or listening, uh, which there's quite a few, so y'all could go give nobody a shot. Go let Chip show y'all what he's about. Check out, you know, he gets a lot of former athletes in his group. So it's a great shot to be able to communicate with former athletes. So, I mean, I would take full advantage of it if you're not in there. Go go get in there. Um, and from here on out, you're going to get full support from Spear Addicts. We're going to do everything that we can to help your group grow. And Thank you. give me, I don't know. 30, 30 days from the day, and you'll have more group members than you did at the other place. And they'll be good people. You'll get good quality fans that aren't about the negative BS. Um, Mark Barber said something. He knows. Mark knows. He knows what I do. Uh, let's see. Who's Carly talking? Oh, they're, they're, they're in another conversation. I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing anything. But, though, this one's very true. Nothing more true has been said this year than that right there. I definitely need a vacation. There's no doubt about it, man. <laughs> I haven't had a vacation in, what, four or five years now? Something like that. But it's all it's all my – it's my fault. Like, I took all this on because I wanted Florida State – media to get an uplift i wanted them to be i wanted us as a as a fan base to be the savior for the university i didn't want people to be able to talk about florida state outside you know like we got enough miami and clemson and florida gator fans that dog us why dog ourselves so i didn't understand that when i started seeing it 
Um, and I, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but the big guys like 247, the big guys like War Chant on three. Did y'all notice after a year of us doing this, how much more positive, and it's before we started playing well, how much more positive all of that media started coming out to look. It was a lot. Well, you know what? I think if we get this and we get this, Florida State's going to turn it around. Florida State's going to do this. I know that they listen and I know that they watch because of I can see it. I can see it. And they comment. They they write me, man, we enjoyed your show. When I get people that have been doing this for five or six years tell me, man, I enjoyed your show. You did a great job. And they really mean it. It means I'm doing something right. I'm not here to be a competition to nobody. I'm here to compliment anything that's positive around Florida State. Now, if you are a negative outlet, then me and you battle back and forth. That's fine. But if you are a positive Florida State media, I am not competition to you. I am not here to take what you're trying to do. I am only here to create positivity around this university. That is it. So, and because I have done that, I have gained a decent amount of following. I have gained a decent amount of respect in the media world for Florida State. I, I don't lie. I don't go around telling people stuff that they just want to hear. I, I've done things the best to my ability. And if anybody loves Spirit Addicts and anybody loves watching our show or following our content, the graphics, whatever it is that we're doing that you like, I 100% respect every one of you for doing what you do. Go give no blood a shot. Go let, go let that family atmosphere also take over. Chip's part of our group. I'm part of the no blooded group. Hell, I'm a part of every group that allows me to be in. A lot of people say, oh, we don't want you in here because you're competition. And I started hearing that. And I'm like, how am I? Comp Wait a minute. I'm competent. I'm not doing anything. I'm literally, I'm hosting a page the same way that you do. I mean, no ill will towards you. So I don't know how that's possible. But Chris, like I told you, I'm in this for the love of the game, the love of the right. game, football itself. And, you know, when the very first game I took my son to, and I saw his eyes light up when Renegade came out there. And Osceola went to plant the spear to declare war. I saw his eyes light up, and I'm like, yeah, hey, this is it for me. That's what it's all it's about. This is a family atmosphere. And it's, you know, it's pregame needs to be nothing but a big party amongst friends, amongst right. family. And then go watch our boys go to war with Louisville who, or whoever the hell they're playing. And then help celebrate the victory. Absolutely. Do, do you feel like FSU did, – or did you have on the previous uh, page that you did, did you have a, a record prediction for Florida State? Um, we gave a verbal record uh, – a record prediction. And I, I flat out said, if you told me we went 10-2, and two, I, 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 wouldn't, I would not disagree. And honestly – if we went 11 and one, I wouldn't disagree. Like this, this team, this team is, is so much untapped potential that they're tapping into now. It's where, it, like I said, there were special things in the water this summer. I remember conversations, you know, that I had with uh, CJ Campbell and he's like, mm -hmm. you know, these fans, they don't see what, what's being built. I believe them 150%. And no, we didn't see, but now we're, we're seeing the fruit of their labor. Norvell has those boys playing. Now just stay on them and just keep the foot on the throat of every opponent we play. So you you definitely feel like Norvell's the guy for the job. Yes, I do. Um, the, the the these players they they don't need a friend as their coach. They need right. some. What made Coach Bowden so? so endeared and loved was he was a father figure. Like he, he disciplined when he had to, but he was somebody they would look up to. And those boys didn't want to disappoint coach Bowden. I see the same thing in Norvell. You know, it's crazy. 
I'm four years older than Norvell, but I look probably four years younger. <laughs> but um, he's got some gray hairs now that he's been a Florida State head coach. Donny, Donny. But um, yeah. I see that Nor Norvell. Um, he he doesn't put up. Pardon my language. He doesn't put up with bullshit. Mm -mm. He if uh, if you if, the Duquesne game, we had a just a stupid personal foul penalty. He pulled him out, chapped his ass. Sat him out and then put him back in, and he ends up making a big fumble recovery. Yep. That. Yep. You know, there's there's no there's no Norvell's not blurring the lines. He he's the leader that we have needed. Yes, I do think he is the right man. I, I love the reasoning behind it. I love the that's the reason why you believe he's the right guy for the job. Um. Here here's a another question. So. What is it that you really like about the RPO system that Norvell runs at Florida State? <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, I love how he puts the ball in the hands of his best athlete. Jordan Travis is his best athlete. Jordan Travis is just as much a threat running the ball as he is throwing the ball. And with Norvell's offense, you know, this is something you and I talked about last night. Say if Jordan Travis had to come out, Rodemaker goes in. Mm -hmm. Norvell's offense can be adapted to what Rodemaker does best. Right. But, you know, the RPO, the, the RPO, if it's ran correctly, dude, it is, it's hard to defend. Yep. And, the the perfect quarterback for this offense is is uh, number thirteen. I think he's going to wreak havoc on a lot of teams this year. I think Norvell's just next. I mean Norvell, Louisville is just next. It's going to be, it's going to be the Jordan Travis and Florida State show. I think yes. coming in Louisville, Kentucky. I think it's going to be a, a lot different than most people. You know, I predicted us to lose this game at first before knowing anything. Mm -hmm. about this season before there was ever a game played because I expected Louisville to capitalize on what they had last year. And I thought they were going to be a much better team than they came out to be. And I had us beating LSU, which people was like, wait a minute, you've got us beating LSU, but we're going to lose to Louisville. I'm like, at the time, I'm like, Louisville, in my opinion, would beat LSU off of what they had last year. Yeah. I just didn't fall over into this year, which I would I can't know that unless I see them play. But I had us going nine and three. And that was based off of Wake Forest being 100% okay. That was okay with NC State 100% being okay. And Louisville being just a much – I picked before the season started Louisville to, to upset a lot of people and be one of the teams that take it for the ACC. That was before I knew – they didn't have all of this returning. Come, they didn't have it all coming back. So now, I wouldn't be surprised if we were ten and two, eleven and not now. If you'd have told me that before the season started, I'd be like, all right, we're stretching it probably. Yeah. That might be a little bit too much. We're expecting too much for these guys too fast. But now, seeing how we're playing, seeing how other teams are playing, I can't. I cannot deny what I'm seeing. Uh, I have to say that Florida State might run can run the ACC this year. It might be back to a very normal but long and waiting situation that we're used to. We might see Florida State run the ACC again way quicker than I thought. Yes. So I'm I'm ecstatic for the rest of the season. I'm ecstatic for tomorrow night against Louisville. I'm ecstatic for when they come back and. God, I feel bad for Boston College, but that is going to be – Boston College better hope we go and beat Louisville. And Louisville don't pull off – I would call it an upset if Louisville beats us. But if Louisville pulls an upset, I feel really, really bad for Boston College because they're going to wreak absolute havoc on Boston College at home if we was to lose. Still think they're going to beat them, but it would be a bad day – for Boston College if we lose this game. This will be a bad day for Boston College, period. Because true. they just short straw, they're next. Very true. Well, 
Chip, I, if there's anything that you else uh, would like to cover, uh, go ahead and throw it out there. If not, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, everybody, I told you before, uh, go look up the uh, Seminoles group, Noble-Blooded, um, and join Chip's group. Uh, he's building something over there special like like I did starting a year ago. Um, pl so please, or was it two years ago? I don't know how long I've been doing this. Two? <laughs> I've been on a podcast for a year. Okay, my bad. So two years ago. Um, so let's give Chip the jump start that a lot of people don't get. I didn't get one. I worked my tail off to do it, and he's going to work his tail off regardless. But what I'm saying is I would like for the Spiratic members to show uh, just how big of a family Florida State is as fans and how great we can treat all of it, all of our you know, Knowles brothers and sisters, we, we can do it. So let's go over there and help build that group up. And uh, I've had quite a few people say they couldn't wait to see you come back. So we'll have you back on, man. No problem. Um, you want me on, man. Uh, dude, I, this is the most I've ever had. And, you know, I really appreciate this. This, this, is, this is what this is all about. Just two guys talking football. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate you saying I, and I know you're saying it because you mean it, but I appreciate it. I'm glad that I make the atmosphere good enough for it to be a good time. Um, and I'm glad that everybody enjoys it, uh, not only the ones that are on the show, but the ones that are listening and watching. Um, couldn't do any of this without y'all. I've had 700 comments that say I love you. Um, so everybody that said that they love me, I love you guys too. Uh, y'all have a good night, and go Knowles. Go Knowles.